Once again, it is on. You know what this is. You know why we're here. You know what we're doing it for. We're generating realistic intellectual output together. It is your boy, Renell. Most of you guys know me as Nels. And this is Griot Talks Live, the first one for 2023. So exciting. I really hope that everyone's year has started off positively. Um, we're only bringing in positive vibes only for the start of this year. And we're going to get straight into it. We're going to talk about some things that's been on my mind. Would love to get you guys' feedback um, when we do eventually do the IG Live. Um, you know, and, and throw some history out there. Let you guys know a little bit about um, how the soup jumu came to be a thing for for Haitians everywhere. Um, in the aftermath of the Haitian Revolution and our Independence Day, which just so happens to be the 1st of January. But that, that'll be a story for later. Let, let's get straight into the nitty gritty. Um, so I was in Orlando with a dear friend of mine, Mr. David Mears and Mrs. Cassie Clairobion, who is, uh, you know, they're slated to be married and some, some cool person is going to officiate their wedding and that's going to be pretty exciting. Um, and you know, that, that was a really good time, um, to be up there with them for a couple of days. Um, obviously I'm segueing into how I'm feeling and what's been going on with me as of late. Uh, I've been, I mean, I'm still in the same place, um, I suppose, from the last episode. I'm, I'm kind of highs and lows, highs and lows, definitely the highest of the highs and maybe the lowest of the lows um, in the past couple of weeks. As you may have known from the last episode, I walked across the stage on the 18th of December at Florida Gulf Coast University for my master's in history, and that was an experience for sure. It was a humbling experience because, you know, sometimes you don't really get to take in a moment until some things get mentioned or seen. And one part that was super interesting to me in the graduation was when they asked for the master's recipients to stand up in our um, college. There was about 11, 12 of us, which caught me off guard. I thought there would have been more. What was even more, I won't say impressive, but what caught me off guard even more was the fact that out of those 12, 13 that stood, only two of us were black um, one being a young lady and myself, and you know, I, I carry with pride that you know I have a degree in a field where there isn't enough representation. I do not meet a lot of uh, Black historians in my journey, so it's nice to see if we can channel and start a new wave because we do need representation in that field to be able to make sure that we keep the right history, the accurate history in our community, so we never lose that. Which is the reason why we're doing the whole Grill Talks movement to begin with. So that plays a part in how I'm feeling. That was the 18th. Um, those who follow me on Instagram personally, Nels1914, you saw on the you saw on my post that the literally the day before I even walked across the stage, I got in an accident. And um, you know, it, it definitely put some things in perspective for me. That was my first accident ever on the road. And, you know, I I just I wasn't prepared. And and it definitely took me it, it took some wind out of my sails. Uh, and for that, for for those next couple of days, like I definitely was down for those who know me personally, you know how much I love my car. Uh, I have a Challenger. 
Uh, she's red, and I named her Merlot because of her, her distinct color. And, you know, I, I like to think that my car is a vibe. And I, I really do enjoy the fact that I have that vehicle. So the fact that I even was in a place to potentially lose it really, like, brought me down. But, you know, again, I'm happy to be alive. I mean, the, the way the accident unfolded, there is a really high chance that I probably shouldn't be even here doing this episode with y'all. But here we are. So I'm happy. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just keeping a positive vibes. And my car is getting worked on. And I should be getting in the next couple of weeks. So... You know, I really I really can't complain on that end. So, you know, I'm feeling all right. I'm looking forward to this new year. Uh, my wife and I have set out some goals and, you know, I, I'm I'm 100 percent sure we're going to meet them. So it's definitely going to be fun to undergo that journey and see where where life takes us. Right. So to segue back to to some of the main points that we're going to talk about in this episode, I was in Orlando with with our dear friends, David and Cassie. And we were watching the Monday Night Football game, which was um, the Buffalo Bills playing the Cincinnati Bengals, which had not had the potential. It was a big game, a a massive game. And um, it was going to determine playoff seedings and everything else that was going to be important as far as the AFC playoff race. And that quickly became irrelevant as um, the safety for the Buffalo Bills, DeMar Hamlin, um got hit in his chest by um Bengals wide receiver T Higgins in his chest and it led to him having a cardiac arrest a cardiac arrest excuse me on the field and luckily the trainer David Kellington got out on the field immediately and administered CPR for for several minutes after he collapsed and he was driven to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center where they tended to his needs and have been nursing him to better health. Thankfully, it appears that things are going are moving in a positive way and he will be getting better, which is which is a blessing. But I, I, I say all of that to say this, you know, while watching it, um, first thing that came to mind for me was, you know, what does this mean for him moving forward? You know, as far as his career is concerned, as far as his life is concerned, because he is only 24 years old, which, you know, that is he's really young. He's got a lot of life to live. And now he's got this this situation where he's got the cardiac arrest. Who knows if he'll be able to play again? And, you know, there was a, a podcast in Cleveland. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Cleveland or Cincinnati, one of the two where one of the guys was talking about, you know, how much money he made for the year, which again, don't quote me directly, but uh, I believe his signing bonus was 105 or $120,000 and his salary is somewhere around the 815 to $825,000 range, putting him over a million for the year. And I think he played two years, meaning that he's made maybe 2.2, $2.3 million before taxes. And, you know, for those of y'all who don't understand how football players get paid, remember that they play half the season at home. So for those eight, nine games that they play at home, they have to worry about federal taxes, state taxes for there. But every state that they play in, they have to, they get paid in those states. 
So they have to worry about federal tax and state tax for each and every single one of those states that they play in and get paid in, which is why a lot of them have accountants. Because, you know, if you play like the Denver Broncos and you play the Los Angeles Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs, now you got to worry about the state of California, the state of Colorado and the state of Missouri as far as how they handle taxes, state taxes and so on and so forth. So to bring it all back to 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 the base that we're trying to get to here. You know, he isn't making, you know, an extravagant amount of money as far as football goes. And so, you know, what would have happened if the situation got worse? Of course, life insurance is something that was brought up into discussion. But something that my wife said that was that rang absolutely true was what about disability, which, you know, pushed me to in this episode, make sure that we talk about this kind of financial literacy and understanding that. Each and every single one of us, especially those of us who are over 30, we really need to look into getting life insurance and disability. Regardless of how much it is that you're trying to get it for, just make sure you have a plan set in order because you never know. Like It happens just that quick. It might not be as dramatic as a football game, right? But the moments can happen that quick. I mean, literally, if you haven't seen the video yet, Um, I don't encourage you to, obviously, but the video is definitely out there to find social media. I know they still have it on YouTube, but I know you can find it everywhere on social media. But, you know, it was it was a bang, bang play. Like he made a tackle. He got up and he was adjusting his pads to go back to the huddle and wait for the next play. And he just collapsed. And sometimes it is that quick. So it is important for us to, you know, keep that in mind and do the things necessary for us to, you know, not just set ourselves up financially now but to also set up those that come after us you know because most of us are talking about children and you know taking care of our families so that is definitely one way to put ourselves in better footing so that is something to think about also to get into the history story the story for the day for you guys talking about soup jumu and haitian independence because it is the new year and i would be a terrible, terrible Haitian if I did not tell you guys about this story because, you know, this is this is this is it. It's the most important day of the year, naturally. Right. But January 1st is um, considered the Haitian Independence Day. Right. January 1st, 1804 was the day that we declared our independence from France. And there is a particular soup that was made during that time. Soup Jumeau. And it's made with squash. Some people tend to use it with pumpkin, depending on how sweet or how salty you want your soup to be. But the soup was prepared every day for the French plantation owners. And, you know, the the colorism was big um, on the island of Hispaniola, which was renamed St. Dominic. Um during that time that France and Spain had split it up. Um, I believe in Spanish, it's Santo Domingo. And in French, it's Saint-Domingue, right? So on that island, colorism was a, was a big thing. And it was such a big thing to where this soup, how the soup was prepared was very specific. So the dark-skinned slaves would prepare the soup. And no matter how they prepared the soup, no matter what they put in the soup, they were not allowed to taste the soup. They were not allowed to, at any point in time, ingest the soup in any way, shape, or form. The light-skinned slaves 
could taste the soup to make sure that it was to the liking of the plantation owner or whatever and they would serve them the soup however neither the dark-skinned slaves or the light-skinned slaves could eat the soup they were not allowed to so the first day of independence january 1st 1804 the soup was eaten by dark-skinned and light-skinned slaves alike and there is where you have the tradition of soup jumu as you know a, a staple in our community on January 1st. So for those of y'all who didn't know, now you know. Shout out to Biggie. So that is our history story of the day, right? And, you know, that just, just make sure you remember that because we're generating realistic intellectual output together, right? So moving on. You know, grill talks can't be grill talks if we're only talking about history. We got to talk about things that affect the community, one of them being politics. I definitely need to do more of an effort into talking about state politics because that affects us on a more day-to-day basis. But we also need to understand national politics and the policies and the processes that make up how our country operates. And one thing that a couple of listeners have told me is that there does need to be a little bit more concentration from us to talk about politics and what's going on so we can shine a light on it and you guys can do your own research and come to your own conclusions as well. With that being said, let's talk about the um, Speaker of the House, the votes for the Speaker of the House. For those who don't know who the Speaker of the House is, the Speaker of the House is the person that is over the House of Representatives. I would say that they're definitely in the top five most important people in Washington, D.C. So it's, it's a position that is to be respected. With that being said, um, there was two candidates that was running for that. You had Kevin McCarthy from the state of California. He is Republican. And he was going up against Hakeem Jeffries from New York, who is the minority leader. So you had the majority leader and the minority leader. Majority leader being McCarthy, minority leader being Jeffries. This is a very interesting process because there are 434 members of the House of Representatives, of which 212 are Democrat, 222 are Republican. So you would think to yourself that McCarthy would have himself an easy win, but that is not true. Over four days and 15 rounds of voting, McCarthy literally had to claw his way up to get over Jeffries because all 212 members voted for Jeffries. So in the first round of balloting, you had McCarthy, who had 203 votes, and Jeffries, who had 212 votes, which in those 15 rounds, McCarthy went from 203 to 216, which if you do your math correctly, that means that there were about six votes that did not vote, those being Republican. So what ended up happening is they went and voted present instead of voting for McCarthy. And McCarthy had to do a whole bunch of concessions in order to be able to get the votes needed in order for him to be Speaker of House, which these concessions matter in the long run, which is what I'm going to talk to you guys about. Per, I believe I got this information from CNN, if I'm not mistaken. I did. Per CNN, 
the concessions that McCarthy and his people had to make in negotiation to win these votes to become Speaker of the House, this is what came from it, okay? Any member can call for a motion to vacate the Speaker's chair. This is significant because it would it would make it much easier than it is currently to trigger what is effectively a no confidence vote in the speaker. Conservatives push hard for this while moderates are worried it will weaken McCarthy's hand. A McCarthy aligned and and that is that is actually major. Um, it's telling you that there's there's a split in the in the conservative side of of the House of Representatives. And you have a vote of no confidence. I mean, that definitely does hurt him for sure. Right. Next, a McCarthy aligned super PAC agreed to not play in open Republican primaries and save seats. Next, the House will hold votes on key conservative bills, including a balanced budget amendment, congressional term limits and border security. Next, efforts to raise the nation's debt ceiling must be paired with spending cuts. This could become a major issue in the future when it is time to raise the debt limit to avoid a catastrophic default because Democrats in the Senate and the White House would likely oppose demands for spending cuts. Very important when it comes to taxes. Next, move 12 appropriations bills individually. Instead of passing separate bills to fund government operations, Congress frequently passes a massive year-end spending package known as an omnibus that rolls everything into one bill. Conservatives rail against this, arguing that it evades oversight and allows lawmakers to stick in extraneous pet projects. Appropriations bills having to do with the money that the government will move and how they will move it. Next, more Freedom Caucus representation on committees, including the powerful House Rules Committee. This is important, but I'll talk about that a little later. Next, cap discretionary spending at fiscal 2022 levels which would amount to lower levels for defense and domestic programs next 72 hours to review bills before they come to the floor next they give members the ability to offer more amendments on the house floor also there was a negotiation to create an investigative committee to probe the weaponization of the federal government and finally Last but definitely not least, to restore the Holman rule, which can be used to reduce the salary of government officials. Something else that is major because them lowering the salaries for government workers tends to put more money into the budget. So now what you'll see is a lot more workers making less money and doing more work, which can be obviously problematic. Right. So these concessions don't sound like too much of anything, but they're super important because what you're seeing is is there is a there is a a struggle for for maintaining power right and and what we got to realize is is that the main one is the freedom caucus now what you have is you have different caucuses that are in you know both the senate as well as the house of representatives that's where you get like the congressional black caucus and so on and so forth so it's like little groups or even big groups of politicians that vote together, move together, have the same agenda. The Freedom Caucus is considered to be the most conservative as well as the farthest right block in the House Republican Conference, right? And and this is this is built from the Tea Party movement. And their whole thing is to push Republican leadership more to the right. 
Um, they have a chairman by the name of Jim Jordan, and he wanted a smaller, more cohesive, agile, and active group of, of conservative representatives. This is more or less a direct result of Trump winning the presidency. It definitely legitimized that far-right movement, and they have been you know, pushing to gain more power within the, the conservative side of things. So what you'll see is now there's going to be a lot more moves and a lot more, um, you know, voting that's going to be done to support, you know, those who are in the far right. And, you know, when people are asking, man, I don't understand why this bill passed or why this passed or how this person got on. It's these little moves right here that these little chess moves that push for these situations to happen. And a lot of us, you know, citizens, just regular citizens of the United States, we do not know or are aware when these moves are being made, which is why we're always caught off guard when certain laws are passed or taken away, kind of like the Roe v. Wade thing. You know, the, this is a byproduct of who made their way to the Supreme Court, which also was made by way of who we elected during presidencies, during the president elections of those times. This is why, again, and I'm going to say this every episode or whatever opportunity that I get to talk about how important it is for us to get involved in our community and go out there and vote. It is very, very important that we do that because what ends up happening is we have these situations like these that dictate and determine what happens in our country over the next like 20 years you know and and that's the thing like these votes that are made however they're made they don't just affect us for one term it doesn't affect us for a, a senator's term which is you know like six years or a representative term which is two years or even a presidential term that's four years these things take time to either reverse or create so once we're here like this is just you know, we're going to see the byproduct of the decisions that were made. So although we have this flip where now the Senate is a majority Democrat and the House is majority Republican, what you have to understand is the laws presented are created by the House of Representatives. The Senate votes on if these laws come to fruition. So what we're going to see is a lot more conservative, a lot more conservative, friendly bills that are going to be created and debated upon um, for the next at least two years. But I think it's going to be longer than that, to be honest with you. So these are the things that we need to you know, keep track of. I love for you guys to, you know, after you're hearing this, you know, take a look, read about, you know, the McCarthy situation on your own. Tell us what you're thinking. Tell us what is on your mind. And, and, you know, we're definitely going to discuss this more on the Instagram live, talk about how this can affect us, you know, on a day to day basis. And yeah, we'll, we'll pretty much go from there. All right. So there you go. So today we, we covered quite a, a, a big spectrum of, of not just events, but topics as well. Right. We talked about, you know, the Haitian Revolution and its importance for, you know, of course I got to do that because, you know, I'm Haitian. So it's going to be all biased. Like, you know, I might talk about Haitian history every episode. Who knows? We'll never really know. Right. But definitely I had to talk about it on the first one because it's the new year and the new year consists of January 1st. And January 1st is Haitian Independence Day. And, you know, a lot of y'all eating soup, Juma, you don't even know what you're eating it for. But now, you know. You're welcome. Right. So we talked about 
Subjumu. We talked about financial literacy. Our prayers and our thoughts go out to the family of Damar Hamlin, and we're wishing him a speedy and safe and successful recovery, right? And we also spoke about, you know, what's happening in politics and how this this vote, this crazy vote came out to be, which, you know, Biden definitely took some time to make sure to dig at it and talk about how embarrassing it was that the the Republican side couldn't come to a conclusion to put their put to put one of their own into the um, Speaker of the House role. So, you know, you guys learned something new about that as well. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to hearing your guys' feedback. You know what it is. You know, the mission is in the name. We're generating realistic intellectual output together. It is your boy, Renell. Most of y'all know me as Nels. And I appreciate y'all for riding with your boy. One more time. You got one lockdown. Got more to go. All right now. Talk to y'all later. It's a windy night at a dark time. Cruising through the city in my Honda Civic 09. Position that you put me in was tiptoeing landmines. Waiting to implode so I can open up the gold mines. The gold mine was never afraid to make an escape. Don't put a cast on my arm before I'm getting my break. I know I made my mistakes, but I am raising the stakes. So when I'm only finally gone, you know I'm making this shape. Walking on water like Messiah. My heart got desires. Dive inside the lake and you can see a burning fire. Never take a dollar just to act like I'm a liar. Feeling like, yeah, the way I'm 